Hi, on this week coming up, this is Bonnie Franklin, and I just want to say I love the Broadway Hour and Larry Sutton, of course. Hour. I'm Larry Sutton of the New York Daily News. Join me for an inside look at New York's music and theater scene tonight. Bonnie Franklin brings an evening of terrific songs to the triad a little later on this month. We'll get a sneak preview right here at our WPAT microphones, along with Shelley Markham at the piano. Clint Holmes stars in Nine, perhaps the sexiest musical ever to play the Paper Mill Playhouse. Well, director Robert Johansson and Angelo Del Rossi, the boss of the Paper Mill, will join us here at WPAT for a discussion on how they're driving theatergoers wild over there in the Garden State. The Atlantic Theater Company celebrates its 10th anniversary with perhaps the most eagerly awaited off-Broadway production this season, J.B. Priestley's Dangerous Corner. Well, actress Mary McCann and artistic director Neil Pepe will be on hand a little later on to tell us all about it. George Wachtel of the League of American Theaters will drop by to tell us about a new family guide to seeing a Broadway show, and our roving correspondent Aubrey Rubin will tell us all about his close encounter with Lawrence Fishburne, all that a little later on. And there's more, much more. We've got the latest news of the Great White Way on our Broadway update. Stick around for the Broadway Hour Trivia Contest, where you'll have a chance to win tickets to a great show and dinner for two right here at the Sheraton, but only if you're an expert on the history of Broadway. So, get a pencil and paper ready, and we'll tell you how to enter a little later on. Now on with our show, our producer Kate McGrath, our engineer Chris Breitfeldt are ready to roll. Up at our Sheraton piano, we have uh, Shelley Markham, the musical director, and at the microphone, Bonnie Franklin. The uh, show will be at the Triad, 158 West 72nd Street, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Right now, here's Bonnie Franklin and Shelley Markham. Would you like to learn to sing? Would you like to sing my song? Would you like to learn to love me best of all? Anyone can learn Anyone the words and the, the melody is so plain. So plain. This is my song to bring you back again. Back again. I'll teach you how to sing and dance with a song and dance routine. And when the party's over, you can fall in love with me. Would you like to learn to tango? Do you dance the light fandango? Teach you how before we're done. Anyone can make it too. Any two can turn to one And the melody's lost Before the song's begun When we sound so good together And so poorly sung alone Your harmonies and open breeze Into my sheltered home do 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 I can teach you how to sing and dance 
with a song and dance routine. And when the party's over, you can fall in love with me. That's Bonnie Franklin with her Shelley Markham. And they've got a terrific show coming up. We want to tell you all about it. It's going to be at the Triad, which is uh, 158 West 72nd Street. Eight performances only from Wednesday uh, through Saturday, September 27th to the 30th, and October 5th through the 7th. And if you make your way over to the Triad, you'll get to see the great Bonnie Franklin, who joins us here. We do this to all our guests. We make them run after they finish singing, run, jump over a couple of tables. But I did it. Here <laughs> I am. Here well, we are, right across the here. table from we'll each other. Take a sip of water, relax, and we'll uh, find out all about how you put this uh, show together. Okay. Um, you've had your time to relax. Now okay. start talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, a, it's a good show. I think mm -hmm. people will enjoy it. I want everybody to come and see it. Mm -hmm. It's um, There's dancing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of wonderful cabaret music, Cole Porter music, um, a lot of women writers. Mm -hmm. There's some music by Amanda McBroom and uh, Dory Previn, mm -hmm. Peggy Lee. It's a, yeah. it's a very varied show, mm -hmm. and uh, there's something for everyone. Now, how do you put this together? Do you sit there in a room with some songs and some sheet music and some records you know, really, and go, you know, this is a really, good song? It's, well, I'll tell you, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a joint effort by uh, my musical director, Shelley Markham, mm -hmm. by my director, Marilyn Shapiro, and myself. And we kind of work it and try it and see what fits together and kind of makes a show with an arc that, mm -hmm. that happens and that I enjoy singing. I always tend... Well, it's not even tend. I always sing songs where the lyrics mean something to me. Mm -hmm. It's the only way I know how to do it. Yeah. I, I don't know how to sing it. You know, it's not, you're not hearing Ella Fitzgerald. So you're hearing, you're hearing me interpret a song uh, the way that I do it without, you know, having that glorious mm -hmm. thing that Ella does. Um, so the words are terribly important. And that's always the first thing that kind of grabs me. You mentioned uh, among the people that you'll be have songs that you'll be singing are songs by Amanda McBroom, who was here a while ago. Yeah, it, she's she's so terrific. Do you find she more and more women songwriters? I mean, it just it seems to me like uh, th there haven't been that many over the years, maybe that we've been aware of, but now they seem to be coming out a well, little bit more. Well, huh? I think perhaps I find myself really drawn to them. Yeah. Uh, there is they they speak very personally to me, very deeply to me. They certainly are able to express things because if they're good, they're poets. Yeah. Much better than I possibly could. So I really enjoy getting into what they write. And Amanda's wonderful. I mean, she mm. really is a poet. There's no question about it. So I do three pieces of material. Uh, one that she wrote specifically for me in mm -hmm. this in this act. Mm -hmm. You seem like, well, when you're up there uh, singing, it, it, it's the enjoyment comes through just uh, immediately. Thank you're you. having a great time. Thank you. <laughs> I like, do enjoy doing it. Do you I'm get not... nervous at all still? Oh, I mean, sure. uh, yeah, yeah. Always. Uh -huh. uh, always. Uh, you know, I do enjoy it, and usually the nervousness goes away once I'm up there performing, but when you start out, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's always new, it's always different, and the audience plays a very important role when you're doing cabaret. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I keep thinking, well, you just, when you're doing a play, and you have a character, then if you have an audience that's not responding, you still, you're, you're playing a character in a role, in a play, and you've got a beginning, middle, and end. 
when you're doing a cabaret act, you've got to work with that audience. And so I, I expect my audiences to be wonderful and mm -hmm. respond with great joy and great enthusiasm. Well, also in a cabaret act, too. Well, I'm sure they will, obviously. Oh, but thank the moment, you very the much. The first notes right. come out. But you've also got this audience, they're, they're really right on top of you. And, you. and I assume from the stage you see every, each and everyone out there. I mean, in, yeah. in a theater, yeah. you've got the stage lights in your face and it kind exactly. of blurs them. Yeah, um, I like that. You do? I like that. Uh -huh. If they're nice, I like that. <laughs> I, have, I have done quite a bit of cabaret and sometimes you have people who, and, and there's a tendency if somebody is like not liking you or not paying attention to really try to get them mm -hmm. and you have to fight that and say, you know, screw them. Say, no, <laughs> go on to the next. <laughs> so, um, and, and sometimes there are rude people, but mm -hmm. it doesn't happen very often. I think people are paying money to, and by the way, it's, it's uh, uh, really reasonable at right. Triad, so fact, I want your audience to it's know a bargain. that It's well. a bargain. You That's go out right. there and you, right. not only do you get lots of entertainment, but your pocketbook won't hurt That's right. either. Exactly. So we, we plug away here like crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, uh, as, as many of our listeners know, you've got a tremendous uh, history on Broadway, too. In fact, uh, uh, I remember back to, uh, of course, Applause, which uh, you got the Tony nomination yep. for, too. And I think a lot of our uh, listeners here remember you from that. And Dames at Sea, I remember, too, as well. And that, that's back in that the, the beginning days of Bonnie Franklin on Broadway, huh? That's right. Exactly. That was... Um a little Good while for back. You. A Dame little while back. was there. the first show that I did here uh -huh. in, in the city, and that's not quite true. I met my musical director while I did your own thing the year before that, mind you, in 1968, mm -hmm. um, at uh, down here at the Orpheum Theater. Is that the name of it? Sure, yes, way on Second Avenue. Um, I yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a long time ago. So that was my first one, actually. How difficult was it to break in? Well. I was very lucky. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a certain thing about being new girl in town, yeah. and nobody knew who I was. You know, <laughs> I came here, and all of a sudden, here was somebody who was new. And in those days, I was very young, mm -hmm. and um, and who all could sing and dance and be out there. And and uh, so I, it was fast. Yeah. Where it was became difficult was after. Hmm. There were two and two or three years between applause um, and when I went out to California, where I did a lot of regional theater. Thank God for it. I had mm -hmm. a wonderful time. But I thought I'm never going to leave New York. I'm just going to keep on working in New York for the right. rest of my life. I never want to leave. I'm going to do go from one show to another. And uh, this there, business is an not like that. No, I learned my lesson. <laughs> sort of an attitude of oh yes, yeah, she, she was good. We've seen her already, even though you've only been in oh, one, or, one or that, two shows. And that continually happens yeah. throughout your entire career. Career. That I must mean, be that something continue. that you've got to fight with the uh, both the hands time. up there, huh? All the time. Uh -huh. All the time. No, you try not to do this <laughs> because then you then the, all that vulnerability <laughs> goes away, you know. But uh, you try not to say, you know. Uh -huh. Which I did once and lost a show that I yeah. wanted very badly. I auditioned so poorly for it, but. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you. Um, uh, there's a lesson we learned here: never look angry, always be nice. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> getting these uh, pos think positive uh, bits here. Oh, okay. Well, my father always said that. Really? On uh, my father's uh -huh. license plate, it says seven PMA seven. Seven meaning I love you with all my heart. That's mm -hmm. seven words. And PMA is positive mental attitude. So I grew up with all of that. Well, that's not which a bad is, way to live. Actually, it's not a bad way to live. It's difficult to come up to that all the time and always be happy and positive. But uh, it is a very good thing to kind of have underneath it all to know mm -hmm. that you know it's 
really okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Now, I, I know you spend a lot of time in California. We were just chatting earlier. But do you have right. a chance to keep up with the Broadway scene now? Have you seen anything lately that you like? I or? haven't seen a thing uh-huh. since I've been here in town. Now, I'm looking around here at right. what you have in your window, and I've seen a lot of this. Sure. I've seen Indiscretions. Mm-hmm. I've seen Showboat. Ah. I've seen Arcadia. <laughs> I've seen Beauty and the Beast. I've seen Sunset Boulevard. So I've seen You're a lot of this bad. through here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So not bad. Not bad. I've done okay from the posters that you have here. Oh, all right. Uh, I've been told also, if I ask very nice, maybe we can get you to sing one more song. Well, okay. Okay. That's that positive mental okay. attitude. Comes yeah. And while Bonnie makes way to the microphone, I want to remind our listeners again that if you would like to see Bonnie Franklin, she will be appearing at the Triad, uh, Shelley Markham, the musical director who was here at the piano with her. That's over at 158 West 72nd Street, and she'll be there Wednesdays through Saturdays, September 27th through 30th, and October 5th through 7th. And now back to uh, Bonnie Franklin and Shelley Markham. Thank you. This is kind of a love letter to New York. I'm in love again, and the feeling's not new. Yes, I know the signs, and I know what to do. It's a highway that I have traveled through before. So I know all the curves, and I've come back before. I'm alive again. I can wake up and sing. Nothing bores me now. I enjoy everything. Here I go again, the way that I always do. I'm in love again, all over again with you. I'm in love again, and the spring is coming. I'm in love again. Hear my heart strings strumming. I'm in love again, and the tune I'm humming is the huddle up, cuddle up blues. I'm in love again, and I can't rise above it. I'm in love again, and I love, love, love it. I'm in love again, and I'm darn glad of it. Good news. Why am I just as happy as a child? Why am I like a racehorse running wild? Why am I in a state of ecstasy? Cause something's happening to me. La 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 I'm in love again. She's in love again. La 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 again and I can't rise above it I'm in love again and I love 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 it I'm in love again and I'm darn glad of it la 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 why don't you huddle up why don't you cuddle up I'm in love again with you 
That was Bonnie Franklin. At the piano, singing along with her, Shelley Markham. And if you want to catch Bonnie and Shelley, head on over to the triad a little later on this week. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, when we return, we have some uh, guests from the Paper Mill Playhouse, where the production of uh, Nine is currently going on. And Clint Holmes is coming here. He's got a great show called Comfortable Shoes heading their way. It'll be here a little later on, perhaps uh, early next year. But we'll get the sneak preview of what's going on right after this. And we are back here on the Broadway Hour, AM 93, WPHE. Please welcome to our microphones, Clint Holmes and Angela Del Rossi. And we're bringing the applause on. And they are our guests from the Paper Mill Playhouse, because Angela, of course, he's been uh, here on our microphones before, the honcho, the big boss, the big guy over at the uh, the Paper Mill. And they've got (laughs) tremendous shows coming up, and he's been kind enough to bring along with them. Clint, who has got a show coming up, I believe, in uh, the winter, February, perhaps, uh, called Comfortable Shoes. I don't know who to start with. Maybe we should start with the boss first. Always start with the boss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Angelo, Nine is, is doing phenomenal stuff there. The reviews it all is. say it's a it's a 10, which is a real cheap, easy way for a critic to give a good review, but we right. like that. Yes. <laughs> yes, no, we've been very fortunate. The reviews have been just terrific. Mm-hmm. And for people who saw Nine on Broadway, um, it was a wonderful show there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a totally new concept of the show, and we've worked very closely with Maury and Arthur and um, we've developed our own show. It's our own nine. It has mm-hmm. really basically nothing to do with the, with the Broadway show. But we have a very successful production, and the critics have told us so, so we're very, very pleased. Mm-hmm. That's a show that uh, just reeks of sex. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> it's a very sexy show. Yeah. <laughs> how do you handle that on stage? How do you, how do you get to the point where everyone says, hey, that's pretty sexy, but you don't go over the line to the... Well, we started off perhaps maybe a bit over the line during uh-huh. during the rehearsal period, and as we got closer and closer to opening night, we started to cut back and cut back. What we actually found, however, was that we got the same effect, mm-hmm. and uh, they still. I mean, there's still a lot of. Um, there's a little fooling a little around going on there, there on stage. I mean, it's not, it's not exactly for uh, ch- uh, children. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't exactly say you bring your children to this show. But um, it, it really is. We have, On the other hand, we do have uh, seven young men in the show, you know, right. children. And they do a wonderful number, be Italian. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they take all of this with a grain of salt. I mean, I think the kids today are kind of used to almost anything. Oh, yeah. Although there's nothing in the show that anybody really has to be ashamed of. It's Correct. just... Just different, that's it's all. It's different, but there's yeah. something I think uh, most folks would say, hey, that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> nice I think you'd bad. say that. Larry. <laughs> uh, now you, now you along. Clint Holmes here. And in fact, uh, Angela, when you were on the show last time, you mentioned that one of the, the great things that Paper Mill Playhouse does is they really find new work. And Clint right. is here, and he's got something. Perhaps you can tell us about this. Uh, well, yeah, this, this, is, this is definitely new work. Uh-huh. I'm... Um, I'm very fortunate, I feel, that um, Angelo and, and Robert Johansson have um, seen fit to help me produce this this, this play uh, that I've been writing along with Nelson Cole for the better part of four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Comfortable it's Shoes. It's called Comfortable Shoes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really about fitting in. Yeah. It's really about the fact that just about everybody uh, who walks on earth, at some point in their life, would like to fit in a place maybe that they don't, run with a certain crowd, be accepted within certain areas. Um but mine was, um, uh, I think, rather interesting because I, I grew up in the in the fifties and sixties mm-hmm. as the product of an interracial marriage, which, of course, is now uh, you know not that uncommon. But back then, it was. Sure, people would whisper or whatever. Right. Yeah, sure. And 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 then if you take it to further extremes, such as the fact that my mom is British mm-hmm. uh, as well as white, and my mother uh, was an opera singer, mm-hmm. uh, and was brought over here and basically lived in a black ghetto uh, with my dad, who was a who was a jazz singer, 
And then you grow up in the, in the midst of this. And my sister and I were kind of constantly trying to figure out how to define ourselves, you know? Um, and and that, so that's what the play is about. The, the play is about the, the, the struggle, if you will, that yeah. we all go through to fit in and be accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and finally finding out, of course, that you really have to accept yourself first mm-hmm. and, and, and then uh, the world kind of fits in around you. When did you decide to put this all down on paper? I'm sure it must have been something, obviously, you grew up with and all that, but when did you decide, yeah, ah, i got to write a play? Uh, four years ago, I was uh-huh. in Los Angeles and... Um, you know, in our business, uh, you need a vehicle, yeah. um, a record, a, a movie, a play. Mm-hmm. And um, it occurred to me that this was pretty interesting. Uh, my mom and dad are, are fabulous people, and yeah. they, they, they endured a lot, and they've survived it, and they're, and they're still together and stronger than they've ever been. Um, so it, it occurred to me that was an interesting story. And then I just, I, I, this may sound a little strange, but it's, it's almost like God came down and wrote mm-hmm. this thing, you know, because I'd start writing songs and I'd finish it and I'd look at it and go, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah. uh, it was quite an amazing, we've written about 22 songs. I, I, they probably won't all make the final cut, but um, uh, it, it just really started for me thinking about a, a vehicle for myself and then just thinking about the most honest thing I could present, mm-hmm. which is uh, my life. Mm-hmm. Angela, I'd like to find out, how do you work with Clint at this stage of the game, and how do you nurture his work along and get it to the point where by February it'll be on stage and ready for public consumption? Well, first of all, I want to make sure that everybody understands this is a musical. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he did clarify. He said he wrote 22 <laughs> songs, and he, well, kept re- he kept referring to it as a play, but uh-huh. it really is a musical. Uh, well, when Clint came to us, he came to us really with about 10 songs and probably... Um, and a concept. A, and a concept, maybe a dozen uh, pages of dialogue. We now have a, a real script mm-hmm. that's a real play. So we've been developing this along with Robert Johansson, who's going to direct it. He's our artistic director. And we've seen enormous changes. And we've just come from auditioning people for the show and to hear the words for the very first time coming from actors was just a thrill for all of us it was just an incredible afternoon uh, and I must tell you, the music is really beautiful and wonderful. And uh, and Clint, of course, is also not only did he write all of this, but he's going to star in this as well. And um, it has members of his family in it, and it has uh, a, a jazz music, a jazz musicians on stage. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little bit different. It's not your classical musical. It's, this is going to have a, a little different edge to it. Very exciting project. We're just looking forward to it so oh, much. All right. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with. Clint. Holmes and Angelo Del Rossi, and maybe we'll find out how Clint writes these songs, how he goes about it. Does he wake up early in the morning with a song in his heart? We'll find out right after this from WPAT. In February of 1992, a wonderful thing happened to Broadway. Its name, Crazy For You. And while 99 other shows have opened and closed since then, Crazy For You is still packing them in. Why? Could be that the critics love it, calling it everything from heaven on earth to an explosion of joy to a knockout smash hit. Could be that the Broadway folks are crazy for Crazy For You, paying tribute with their highest honor, the Tony Award for Best Musical. Could be the dancing, another Tony Award, or those eye-popping costumes, Tony Award number three. Could be the Schubert Theater, home to Crazy For You, and before that, home to the longest-running Broadway musical in history, A Chorus Line. Or it could simply be that to everyone everywhere, Crazy For You is everything a Broadway show should be. It's all singing, all dancing, all Gershwin. It's the longest-running American musical on Broadway today. It's Crazy For You. For tickets, call 212-239-6200. 
<laughs> and we are back here on the Broadway Hour, AM 93 WPAT, with our guest from the Paper Mill Playhouse, Angelo Del Rossi, the boss, we call him, the big guy over there, and Clint Holmes, who is uh, putting together a uh, tremendous show, from the sounds of it, uh, called Comfortable Shoes, which you'll be able to see uh, come this February. And as promised, we're going to ask Clint, do you wake up with a song in your heart? How do you write? Uh, lately, I've been waking up. <laughs> I, well, lately, I haven't been able to get to sleep, to tell you the truth. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's the the old thing. I'm writing all the time. Um, I think most writers are that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm so intensely in, into the play because I, when Angela and I first started to talk about it, I was begging him to put it into the 95 season. And he, he was saying, maybe the 97 season, it, mm-hmm. it seems so far away from, you yeah. know. And even when we finally kind of came to it and he said, okay, we're going to do it in the 96 season, it seems so far away. Now, it's like tomorrow, <laughs> you know. And so I, I find myself writing constantly. Um um, I'm performing down in Atlantic City now at the Sands Hotel. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get up in the morning, get my coffee and write, go down and do a show, right. come back to my room, write, go down and do a show, and come back to my room. And now I find that I can't write after that because then I, I just don't sleep, mm-hmm. you know, um, because because the, the stuff just keeps running through your head. I, I wake up in the middle of the night anyway with ideas, and I've learned to just kind of write them down. And the inspiration, I assume they come, especially if it's such a personal musical about your family and your parents, so that's where the inspiration comes from for the Well, for the yeah, I, I've actually been talking to mom and dad uh-huh. and I'm uh, asking them to remember certain issues and stories and, and things that happened um, one of the great blessings is working with Robert Johansson who's the artistic director at the paper mill because Robert is is one of these people who sees very clearly um, you know you can throw 14 things at him and he'll listen to them all and go do this or take a piece of that and the piece of that put it together and do this and another is an editor mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, that that's where we're at now and that's a, a great process a great process mm-hmm. Angel what else have you got coming up at the paper mill there oh, too uh, I mean, he's, uh, Clint yeah. sounds so excited about this if you can match yeah. that enthusiasm in half these shows we've got okay, a great well, season <laughs> yes I think we can we're going to follow uh, Nine with mm-hmm. Dream Girls which uh, mm-hmm. has not had a major revival in quite a while mm-hmm. and then we're going to do a 50 year old uh, Cole Porter musical called You never know mm-hmm. it's a play with music but uh it, indeed a musical and then clint show follows that mm-hmm. and then we have a very special show we're going to be doing call me madam and leslie uggams is going to star mm-hmm. in it oh that sounds super Isn't that, that great? sounds great yeah she's, it's going to be a terrific show now, and how, then how do you get someone like leslie Uggams? how do you get how, how do you twist those arms? i tell you That's exactly I- <laughs> how i got her i i know her slightly and uh-huh. i know her, her husband graham quite well I just picked up the phone and called them, and I said, listen, I'm going to do uh, Call Me Madam, and I think you'd be great in it. And she said, I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's an easy sell for you. <laughs> yeah, it was totally, it was that simple. And, uh-huh. you know, usually you have to go through all the agents and all that. And I finally, I said, I'll just talk to your agent. We made the deal, and that was it. Oh, all right. And, uh, that sounds like a uh, simple enough way, but we know show business is much more complex than that. Oh, but. much more. I, get, I mean, I wish they all could be that easy. <laughs> no. All right. I want to thank our two guests here from the Paper Mill Playhouse and tell you that right now they've got a great production of Nine over there in Milburn, New Jersey. And it's, if you haven't been there, folks, it's an absolutely lovely place. Uh, I grew up sort of in the neighborhood in Caldwell, which is only a few miles away uh, from Milburn there. And it's just it's a, a beautiful setting, a really great uh, place to see a play and or a musical such as Nine and start getting ready for February because that's when Clint Holmes is going to be on stage with what sounds like a tremendous project. And, uh, you know, if you start saving your money, buy those tickets, get there. Clint promises it's going to be great, right? I'm doing my best. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us here. Clint Holmes, Angelo Del Rossi from Thank the Appearing Mill Playhouse, and we'll see you in February, I hope. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Right. Coming up.
We've got our roving reporter here, Aubrey Rubin, man on the theater scene. Boy, he runs into everyone. You'll find out who we ran into this week right after this. And we are returning to the Broadway Hour. Stick around because we've got more tremendous talent from the uh, stage coming up. In fact, a little later on, we'll be hearing from uh, some folks from the uh, Atlantic Theater Company. They've got a great production of Dangerous Corner coming up, and you don't want to miss the discussion about that. And, of course, you don't want to miss our next guest, who we refer to as our roving reporter, our correspondent on the Broadway scene, Aubrey Rubin. Aubrey, welcome to the show. Good to see you. And we like to have Aubrey around because there is not an entertainment event that happens in New York City where Aubrey is not there with his pen and his camera. And I want to know what you've been up to this week, Aubrey. Well, it's been a pretty dull week, Larry. (laughs) Well, that's great. Everyone's just tuned out, Aubrey. Only about 14 things. (laughs) (laughs) What would you like? What's good? Starting on Monday, uh, we had a salute to Al Hirschfeld, who does all the characters yours for the New York Times, Mm -hmm. at the Friars Club. Mm -hmm. It was hosted by Lainey Kazan, and Liza Minnelli was there. Marsha Mason, uh, 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 she, not Marsha Mason. Oh, we've got to get that pen out and take notes. That's why Karen Mason, <laughs> she's going to kill me. Karen Mason, who right. is the understudy for Betty sure. Buckley now and, of course, was the understudy for Glenn Close. Plus, Comden and Green, Phyllis Newman ran over after her play, and Lainey Kazan was the her mm-hmm. mistress of ceremony. So it was a great evening at the Friars Club. I rushed over to the uh, Barrymore Theatre to photograph Glenn Close exclusively hmm. with Carol King and Kathleen Turner. That's, so that's that quite was a trio. Marvelous now, were they trio. Easy to, were they easy to put together? Did They're they easy pose? to love. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no picture, no photograph. No, they were very pleasant. No, no that's good to hear. Uh, on Tuesday, we started out in the afternoon with the Circle Rep mm-hmm. Theatre, which is making a tremendous season this year. Starts off with Lawrence Fishburn. Uh, on October 18th, a play that he wrote, that he's directing, and that he's starring in. It's called Riff Raff, and it got good reviews out in the coast when they did it. Mm -hmm. Heavy D is a co-star making his debut in the theater in New York. And for those of you who aren't aware, Heavy D, one of the big rap stars, and over you being a big rap fan. I only know Heavy D as a... (laughs) as an actor yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got three other great plays coming up this mm. season with stars Olympia Dukakis in the Hope Zone she was there for the press conference A Size of the World with Rita Moreno and Louis Zorich and then the last play will be uh, and Michael Weller was there by Michael Weller called Help mm-hmm. so it looks like an exciting season at the Circle Rep thanks to Austin Pendleton the new artistic director yes now, uh, after that, uh, it, was, it wasn't bad that night. Because it went downhill from there. Oh, no, no, no. I, I went uphill to yes. Rainbow and Stars, mm-hmm. where Karen Akers made her debut. And we all know Karen Akers from Nine, sure. which was just mentioned a Absolutely. little while ago. And from last week on the Broadway She was in the original Nine, mm-hmm. and also in Grand Hotel. And she's fabulous mm-hmm. up in the Rainbow Room. Tova Fauci came to see her the opening night, and we've seen Tova on Broadway all the time. Uh, Wednesday was also interesting because Kathleen Turner I bumped into again. She left indiscretions, not in the middle of the play, but at the end of the play, rushed over to the Harley Davidson Cafe, mm-hmm. where she went on stage with the suits, mm-hmm. uh, of whom one of the members is her husband, Jay Weiss, and she performed the last number. What's she saying? Do you know? Uh, well, I'm very good at opera, but, you know, these was it type a rap, of... Was it a rap song? No, it was yeah. a rock song. <laughs> it, it, and it was promoting their rock video. And the problem is this, that I'm willing to photograph any rapper or mm-hmm. any rock star just as so long as I don't have to listen to them. 
All right, you've heard it there, rappers and rock stars. Aubrey will take your picture, but he won't. <laughs> right, the well, last thing. Tell us no. one more thing. Okay. All right, the last thing is that I've just been to the rehearsal, mm-hmm. first rehearsal of Swinging on a Star, a new Broadway musical, the music of Johnny Burke. Mm-hmm. Seven talented artists are going to wow in fact, Broadway. I think Terry Burrell is in that one. Terry Burrell, my yes. one yeah. and only. Yeah. Let me tell you, she, she was a student of mine at Jamaica High School. Well, That's then right. we're going to get more information I, from you on that in upcoming weeks. I think we want to hear the real story of Aubrey, the teacher, with Terry Burrell, the student. Maybe we get the two of you together. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, Aubrey, I want to thank you for the report. Aubrey Rubin, our roving correspondent, Mr. On the Scene out there on uh, what's happening in the theater, the cabaret scene. And we'll be hearing more from him, too. Coming up after we take a break, as promised, we've got some great news about the Atlantic Theater Company. They've got a production coming up. Uh, which is, in fact, going to be one of the perhaps most talked about psychological melodramas of uh, this season. So if you want to find out about that, we'll stay tuned and we'll give you all the information when we return to the Broadway Hour right after this. And we are back here on the Broadway Hour, as promised. Welcome to the show from the Atlantic Theater director, the artistic director, Neil Pepe, and uh, one of the stars of the show, uh, Mary McCann. Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Larry. Thank you. And the show, of course, being a dangerous corner, which is billed as a psychological melodrama. But uh, why listen to me about it? Maybe Neil should tell us a little bit about what's coming up at the Atlantic Theater Company. Well, as you said, it's called Dangerous Corner. It's written by J.B. Priestley, who, mm-hmm. as most people probably know, wrote an Inspector Calls, which was the big hit on Broadway about a year ago, I guess. Yeah. And we're excited about it because our founder, David Mamet, has come back to direct it for us. And That's we, a big name. That's a yeah, big catch. Yeah, it's great. And he's really done a fantastic job with us with uh-huh. with the play. It's a, As you said, it's a psychological melodrama, but it's also a lot of fun mm-hmm. and we workshopped it up in Vermont um, in our summer workshop up in Burlington Vermont went very well up there and we start previews on September 30th here mm-hmm. and it's a great it's really a, quite a wonderful play and it's, so it opens uh, or begins previews we should say uh, in late September, September and then it opens officially October 11th right uh, Mary maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Atlantic Theater Company what it is and how it how it got together and who's in it <laughs> we, well we were uh, students of David's in 1983 and 84 mm-hmm. and then he formed the Atlantic Theater Company saying create your own work and uh, turned it over to us and we've been performing since that time uh, some of the original the founding members are Felicity Huffman mm-hmm. Jordan Lage are in the company and we have some new people who came with us the last few years Giancarlo Esposito um, Catherine Irby just joined the company Cameron Mannheim we have some great folks that's not bad. Yeah. Now, no, I'm curious. I, I'm a total outsider as far as how theater companies operate and all that. What 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 do you do? Do you get together for meetings and discuss? Well, here's the project I'd like to do, or maybe how does it work? Maybe well, you can tell us. Yeah, we're an acting ensemble that's based very much on sort of the great acting ensembles of the 20th century, like mm-hmm. the group theater or say Steppenwolf. So we're mainly an acting ensemble. We meet sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly. Yeah. We're very democratic. I mean, I have the final say on plays that uh-huh. we all meet, talk about the plays, have readings, and we have a sort of unique approach we also run a school that's um is sort of what we came out of mammoth's technique of acting mm-hmm. and it's called practical aesthetics and so we sort of have a common language in terms of our technique as well and mary maybe you could explain that a little bit uh, to those of us who aren't quite sure what that means okay. <laughs> <laughs> like um, me <laughs> yeah david mammoth and uh-huh. william h macy developed an acting technique and it was based on the later writings of Stanislavski and some of the Meisner work. And it's all about the uh, character comes out of what you're doing and rather than how you're feeling. Well, ultimately, you have to feel it anyway, but what you're doing will create that character. And they developed a, a three-step 
script analysis process, and I don't want to get into all that. Well, we don't need to. Well, okay. Well, tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I am very curious about this because to me, I think acting is one of the hardest things in the world to do, and yet so many people say, "Ah, you just memorize a few lines, get up there." I know yeah. it's not that. Yeah. Uh, so, well, we have we have actually a great school. We have um, a three-year NYU program, two-year professional program, and some part-time students. But the and we have a book called A Practical Handbook for the Actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, David in 1984 randomly picked six people from our class and said, write a summary of the technique by the end of the week. And the six people did that, and then it was published by Random House, and it's been in its like eighth printing or something. But the the process is you, you figure out what is the character literally doing, mm -hmm. what is the essence of that, which is what is the thing you will do, what is the action, and then what is, what is it like to me, it's as if. And um, it's a very simple process that takes a lot of time to figure out. And then once you do, like Neil said, we have a real uh, shorthand at Atlantic with, mm -hmm. with the technique. Yeah. And with David when he's directing, it gets right to the, you know, what's the action. All right. Well, we'll tell our listeners that you can catch that technique in Dangerous Corners. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll find out a little bit more about how they put this particular production together. So stay tuned to us here on the Broadway Hour, and we'll be back right after this. And as we return to the Broadway Hour, my name is Larry Sutton, and we are talking about the Atlantic Theatre Company, which, by the way, is over at 336 West 20th Street, and where you will soon be able to see a uh, production of Dangerous Corner, a uh, production that we've been talking to the artistic director, Neil Pepe, and to uh, actress Mary McCann about it. And the two of them were telling me during the break about a, a little trip they took this morning. I want to hear some more about where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> we we got to go to the Ralph Lauren Mansion up on Madison Avenue. Now I'm impressed. <laughs> it was, I was too. It was very exciting. Uh -huh. um, but one of they Ralph Lauren and his company have donated the costumes for the production, and we have wow. the most exquisite dresses. Mm -hmm. And uh, they weren't even hanging in the store; they were pulling them off. Of, they were uh, had been used for runway shows and stuff. And it's beautiful stuff. I'm uh -huh. very excited about this that. Sounds great. This sounds yeah. like you know. That's like every person's fantasy who's into clothing or whatever. Yeah. It's like I'm going to drop by Ralph's place and pick up. Absolutely. <laughs> Very <laughs> stylish. Uh, Neil, could you tell me, it's, that sounds like a great way of sort of an interaction between a theater company and, and businesses in the community at large. Do you have other businesses that help out as well? Are well, there, we try. Yeah. I mean, uh -huh. with some of our benefits, we get people to sort of underwrite different yeah. things and donate product. Um, I think in this day and age, it's got to happen a lot more, you know, sort of relationships between corporations and not-for-profit theaters. Mm -hmm. So we've been working it a lot. And, you know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But I think now that foundation money's drying up, yeah. we're working that angle a lot. Well, so that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps the two of you could tell me, too, a little bit about what goes on when you're producing a play in, in the final weeks before the public gets a chance to see it. Uh, what are you doing? Are, are you on it at each other's throats yet? Or <laughs> is everything going smoothly? Or it's got to be a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, huh? I mean, I think it, there's always a lot of stress because everything's coming together at once. Right now, the set's being built. Obviously, they're going to get fittings for costumes as they were today. And we're just trying to make sure that everything is taken care of as efficiently as possible and making sure that, you know, the director is at home as he can be under the circumstances. And then then you just work toward that first performance yeah. and make sure everything is kind of tweaked as it should be. And then you ha luckily you have some time during previews in front of an audience because you learn so much in front mm -hmm. of an audience. So once it's in front of the audience, we uh, sort of make little changes. And uh, in, in both of your experience, have you found that, that things really change that much in previews? The few times I've seen previews and then gone back maybe two or three weeks later to see a show, there's maybe a little tinkering here or there, but nothing too major. Depending on uh -huh. the show, um, last year when we did Missing Persons, which was a really big, complicated production, 
production. Was uh, a Craig Lucas play. Uh-huh. Yeah, by Craig Lucas. It changed dramatically uh, in the first two weeks. And this one, we we performed it for two weeks in Vermont, so I don't know that it will change that much. But um, we'll see what happens when we get on the set next week. All right. And um, I, I guess things seem to be going well because the two of you appear to be very calm and composed. And <laughs> We're hanging in. <laughs> and with it there. What happens after opening night? And presumably you get some great reviews. Uh, the, the thing I'm, I'm always amazed at is that energy that goes into opening night, then you've got to come back immediately the second night and, and be up for it again. How, how do you do that? <laughs> how, do you, how do you maintain sort of the up after uh, after the initial, okay, we've done it, the opening night's here, the, the crowd loved us. How do you keep up? Uh, I There's find that I get more relaxed after the opening and my uh-huh. performance gets much better. But um, it's so also... The second night, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting because we're all members of the company, so you're always yeah. worried about everything. And when you go out there as an actor in the production, you're also looking out, you know, trying to see how many tickets were sold for the, that night's that, performance. That helps too, yeah. yeah. Um, so as long as we keep people coming, it's uh, we just have a great time. All right, well, speaking yeah. of ticket sales, we should remind our listeners that if you are interested in seeing Dangerous Corner, directed by uh, the great uh, David Mamet, it's over at the Atlantic Theater Company, which is 336 West 20th Street. Am I correct? Yes, I am. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay, and you can drop on by a little later on this month. The official opening is October 11th, but they'll have previews before that. And uh, you can see uh, Mary McCann and see the uh, artistic director of Neil Pepe, and I want to thank the two of you for joining us here. Thanks for It's been great. Thanks, both. It's been great. Coming up, we're coming up to our Broadway Hour trivia and our Broadway update, so stay tuned to us here. And um, I believe we're going to go to it, yes, even as we speak, even as we speak. We're not even taking a commercial break. So I want to remind you that our Broadway up to update is brought to you by the Theater Development Fund. And we'll just give you a little brief rundown on some of the things that are coming up here on Broadway and off-Broadway. Uh, we should mention that there's a tremendous campaign going on by the State uh, Economic Development Department. They're bringing back the old I Love New York ads, and they're featuring Broadway, which they haven't done in, in years, they tell us, maybe four, five, six years. A number of Broadway stars were at a uh, big uh, to-do at the Schubert Theater a little earlier this week, including the cast of uh, Smokey Joe's Cafe, including the cast of Crazy For You, and including the wife of the governor. Uh, Libby Pataki was there to tell everyone, go on out and see a Broadway show, which doesn't sound like a bad idea. But we can tell you that the MCC Theater will present the world premiere of uh, Russell Lee's Nixon's Nixon, directed by Jim Simpson, a little later on this month, starting a preview September 29th. And for all of you Nixon fans out there, well, here's your opportunity to see him on stage contemplating his final days as president with Henry Kissinger, at least according to the view of Russell Lees. We've got an abbreviated update this week because we don't want to give you too much, so tune in a little later on. But we want to let you know that uh, this has been brought to you by the Theater Development Fund. And uh, we'll be back with our Broadway trivia contest right after this. If you know someone who feels that the joy of live theater going is inaccessible to them because they are deaf or hard of hearing, the folks who operate TKTS, the Theater Development Fund, uh, New York's largest not-for-profit performing arts service organization, well, they want you to hear about another of their exciting programs. Their Theater Access Project, also known as TAP, has sponsored American Sign Language interpreted performances of Broadway and off-Broadway shows since 1979. In the last 
last year, tickets to over 20 sign-interpreted performances have been offered to TAP members at discounted prices for Tommy, Angels in America, Damn Yankees, Carousel, and Les Miserables, to name a few. Discount tickets to TAP's sign-interpreted performances are offered through a special mailing list by Theater Development Fund. There is no charge to be on this mailing list. To receive an application to be on the free mailing list, we'll just send a self-addressed stamped envelope to TAP Application, Care of the Theater Development Fund, 1501 Broadway, New York, New York, 10036. Give the gift of the theater. There is no greater joy. And it's time for the trivia portion of our show. That's where we give you a chance to win two tickets to a great show on Broadway and dinner for two right here at the Sheraton. But you've got to be an expert on Broadway trivia. So get pencil and paper ready. The question this week, you may see Sam Waterson playing a Manhattan district attorney on television's Law and Order these days. Well, 10 years ago, he was on Broadway starring in the Michael Frayne play Benefactors. Now, what we'd like to know from you, can you tell me the name of Sam Waterston's co-star and because we're nice guys, we're going to give you a big hint this week. Uh, she just completed a star turn in one of Broadway's biggest musicals. But 10 years ago, she was co-starring with Sam Waterston in the uh, Broadway hit Benefactors. So if you know the answer to that question, write it down. Send it to us here at the Broadway Hour, WPAT, 1396 Broad Street, Clifton, New Jersey, 07013. Now, last week, we told you that they had just completed filming the movie version of Herb Garden. I'm Not Rappaport, right here in New York City. The play opened at the Booth Theater back in 1986, and we asked who the two stars were. Well, Gerald Flynn of Brooklyn knew the answer was Judd Hirsch and Cleavon Little. So congratulations, Gerald. You win two tickets to a great show and dinner for two right here at the Sheraton. Now I'd like you to welcome our next guest to the Broadway Hour, and this is a guy who's got a tremendous gimmick here. We're going to tell you all about it. His name is George Wachtel of the League of American Theaters, and we would like you to welcome to our Microphones, George. How are you? Glad to be here. And the gimmick, uh, that's a cheap way of saying it. But you've got a tremendous, well, what am I talking? You're the expert. You tell us what you got. It's a family guide to Broadway theater. Well, everybody get a pencil or pen ready because if you have a family or know anyone with a family, I think that would include just about everybody. (laughs) We're going to give you an 800 number where you can actually get something truly for free. But what this is about, we put out in June, the League of American Theaters and Producers, Mm -hmm. the Family Guide to Broadway. This has show descriptions, all the telephone numbers you need to order tickets, and age-appropriate recommendations for every Broadway show coming to New York. Not a bad idea. Now, all the shows were covered, and it got such tremendous publicity that the 17,000 copies we printed are all gone. (laughs) We're now in the second printing, and we'll have new copies out next week. And what we've added to this edition, we've looked at all the restaurants in the Times Square area. And did you come do this up with personally? <laughs> no, actually my wife, Claudia ah. Wachtel, did. This, this whole thing was instigated uh-huh. by the, that's the right word, by the experience of my seven-year-old, who I took to shows like Crazy Few and mm-hmm. Guys and Dolls. And she had such an enormously good time that it became clear to me that the menu of choices for children were not li- limited yeah. to the one or two shows that normally come to mind when you think about kids on Broadway. Sure. Say, oh, I mean, Beauty and the Beast, and then you go, hmm. Well, you said it, not me. But I, I, um, my formative experience, and I got into this business. I mean, I'm an economist by training, mm-hmm. but when I was five, my parents took me to see the movie of The Pajama Game. 
well, I could still tell you every word in the song A New Town is a Blue Town by John Rayet. So, I mean, that, that really did it for me, and I hope that this experience will turn other kids into future theater goers. Mm-hmm. But I was saying that in the new edition, we have a list of family restaurants. I mean, you come to Broadway, you come with a kid, mm-hmm. you have to think about the whole evening and what's going to make it too. easier. There, there is so much here when you take a look around. You, you have no idea, I mean, to pick and to choose and to mix and to match. That's why you've done a great service here. Well, we, we've, we haven't really reviewed mm-hmm. any of these, but we've provided information. Let me, let me read oh, you let one or two. Let me get some examples, sure. Um, here's one, the Manhattan Chili Company on West 43rd Street. It says, cheerful, southwestern American restaurant offering chili, hot dogs, grilled vegetables for children at $4.50 with soda or chocolate milk. Kid-sized frozen fruit drinks are $3 and a color the mural placemat and crayons for keeps. But I have to tell you, um, the one that turned out to be our favorite, but this is truly a coincidence, happens to be a member of the Sheridan chain. Well, and I would have was, thought that immediately. Was, this is really true. <laughs> I tell you, this was unsolicited. It's Bistro 790 at uh-huh. 797th Avenue at 51st Street. And here goes. Elegant yet fun atmosphere with American food served in a cardboard boat or car. Selections include grilled cheese, hot dog, hamburger for $7 complete with french fries beverage and dessert here's the best part mm-hmm. dinosaur or car shaped placemat they're really cute you should see them mm-hmm. to color with crayons as a gift so uh, and of course all these places are, are places where an adult oh absolutely uh, we'll leave it to the Sheridan to come up with a great idea and yes that was an unsolicited plug <laughs> but I'll tell you I do like this this idea and I do like the idea of helping folks uh, when they want to bring their kids to Broadway because it's Broadway isn't a, it's a total day experience you just don't go see the show you gotta eat you gotta get around and, and you've done that work now we want to uh, of course continue to plug this number and tell you where to call to find out again the number one 800 3-2-8-4-4-0. And what more can you tell us about the uh, the great work here that you've been doing? Well, um, why don't I read you uh, an excerpt from The Family sure. Guy? Um, crazy for you, the mm-hmm. show that started it all for my daughter. Uh, a quintessential Broadway musical comedy complete with showgirls, a boy meets girl theme, 1930s costumes, and an extraordinary, and extraordinary songs by the Gershwins. The entertainment will dazzle small folks and parents alike. Then it says for ages 5 to 9... Introduce your children to the elements of the original Broadway musical form. The singing, dancing, and wonderful music will be a memorable experience. For ages 10 plus, introduce them to romance and Gershwin. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, not every show on Broadway is totally appropriate. I I assume kids are going to be overwhelmed by this stuff and think, gee, this is great. But kids also, from my experience uh, with them, sometimes their attention span doesn't seem to last. Is there a cutoff age for how how old the kids should be before they go to the theater? it really depends. I mean, we haven't seen the final form of Busk Rally, but but (laughs) we've sent our spies out to Pittsburgh. Uh And there are so many production values from the marionettes and the dog and the way the Tommy Toon comes right up to the edge and talks to the audience right off that, that we believe that children virtually of all ages will be engaged mm-hmm. by that particular production. Um, Les Mis is an overly long production, uh, but again, it has very high production values and the possibility of um, entertaining mm-hmm. the child. Showboat. I mean, Showboat, I think we said that uh, Showboat is three hours long, 
but with a quick moving book and a cast of 75, there is plenty to both entertain and educate older children. Yeah. The cast, in fact, has five children. So it, it does vary from show to show. Um, I love this line about Phantom. Ages five to nine, the Phantom may frighten five to six-year-olds. <laughs> they frighten me. <laughs> <laughs> but by seven, uh, you will find him no scarier than Rita Repulsive from the Power Rangers. <laughs> so... <laughs> it it really runs the gamut. Well, I got to say, and as you mentioned earlier, too, I think the great thing is if you see these shows as a kid, as you did, as I did, you get hooked. I mean, you really do get hooked early on, which is great because then you're building the theater audience that's going to be here for generations and generations to come. But more important, this is for parents who I know are probably scratching their heads like crazy going, who, what, where, when, and why. I need some basic information. And, you, and you've provided it here in the uh, Family Plan Guide to the Broadway Theater. Now, has, has this started a trend? Will you be doing branching out and doing other guides to Broadway as well for different well, types of Well, what we do intend to do is go national with this. Mm -hmm. uh, since many of the shows that originate in, in New York play in up to 85 markets across the country, we will include a schedule yeah. of the tours, and much of the information will have a life after that. Also, um, some national parents' magazines have agreed to syndicate the text from the guide, uh, so they, they, you know... The, they will be uh, putting mm -hmm. out more information as well. Oh, um, right. Actually, um, over Labor Day weekend, uh, Parade magazine, Parade had gotten a letter asking if the Broadway theaters do anything like the movies do. And no, we do not rate our shows. That's not yeah. what we're all about. But we were providing information, and they... Um, Printed that in the labor in the that's issue, nice and that's that's why we ran out of our seventeen thousand copies. <laughs> that just took it all there. But that's a problem you want to have, though, right? I mean, you don't want this stuff sitting on a shelf. You've got great information. You want to get it out. To but the by the time right. people call and uh, they'll receive a message saying just to leave your 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 address and and name, mm -hmm. uh, we'll have plenty more color copies ready to go. All right. So all your parents out there, we're going to give you this number a couple of times. We'll tell you right now again: one eight hundred eight three two eight four four zero for that family. Guide to Broadway theaters and, and the restaurants in the Broadway area as well. George, as long as we got you here, since you are one of the big honchos there with the uh, very prestigious League of American Theaters and Producers, what are you guys up to lately? What, what's, what's on your mind? Well, there's a whole host of opportunities. As you know, we just completed the outdoor event Broadway on Broadway. Mm -hmm, which was a big smash. Yeah. And yesterday uh, at the Schubert Theater, we premiered uh, with Libby Pataki, the uh, new I Love New York mm -hmm. commercial. Them. And who are those two people in the audience? In, in the commercial, they show some great scenes from Broadway shows and there's was two it Mary Cuomo? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that was a nice commercial feature George of the Olivia governor Pataki, and Mrs. Pataki. And, and the I'm glad uh, that they are fans of the theater. And, mm -hmm. of course, the, the state also recognized the uh, preeminent position that Broadway has in attracting tourists to New York City and the billions of dollars that it generates in the local economy and mm -hmm. the 25,000 jobs that it creates. So it, it, um, it isn't benevolence on their part. It's, oh, yeah. it's good practical hard business and uh, we're really very pleased with that. Sure, I love when I talk to the, the Broadway folks, they say, you know, you should tell all your editors back at the newspaper that we bring in more money to the city than the Yankees and the Knicks and the Rangers combined. Let's get a little that, more coverage true. there. Which that's is, true. Yeah, I mean, which, we, for example, you brought it up, I'm yeah, going to go with sure, it. Sure, tell had me. Nine million people attend the uh, Broadway theater last year mm -hmm. and uh, about five and a half million attended all the sports teams combined. That's right. And no one drank beer in the middle of a show at a Broadway theater, at least as far as I know, and Not got rowdy. Know, right. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe one or two guys. Although, and if the family guy is successful, we may have to start selling some uh, goobers. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, I want to tell our listeners, it is a tremendous guide. And especially if you've got kids, you want to bring them to uh, see a Broadway show and you want to have something to eat before or after, uh, George Wachtel and uh, Claudia Wachtel have put together a guide that will help you out. It's not a reading as far as... This 
this is an X, this is an R. It just says, look, here's what the show's about, here's what the restaurant's about, and maybe your kids might be interested, maybe not. And if you want it, once again, we'll give you that number because we love to give out phone numbers on this show. 1-800-832-8440. And as George points out, when's the last time you got something for nothing, right? I mean, no, no one has. Good thing. Well, George, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Broadway Hour. It's been a pleasure, as always. And George, of course, a great friend of the show. And we want to uh, thank him for his support uh, over the past year and in the uh, future right there. Right, so get that much. family plan. And George, welcome to the show again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that you have been listening to the Broadway Hour here on AM 93 WPAT. I'd like to thank all of our guests. Bonnie Franklin, the star of stage, screen, and now radio, will catch her show at the Triad a little later on for an evening of terrific songs. Clint Holmes, who uh, came here with Angelo Del Rossi, the... Uh, of the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. Thanks to them and look forward to his show coming up soon too. Neil Pepe and Mary McCann of the Atlantic Theatre Company. Their production of Dangerous Corner starts next month, so look out for it. They've got David Mamet directing. Uh, George Wachtel, of course, was just here from the League of American Theatre and Producers. Remember, if you're looking for a family guide to Broadway, well, here's that number one more time, 1-800-832-8440. And finally, thanks too to our Man About Town roving correspondent, Aubrey Rubin. Next week, more great names from uh, the world of showbiz, Broadway, cabaret, so stay tuned. I'd like to thank our sponsor, the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers. Thanks to our executive producer, Kate McGrath, our engineer, Chris Greetfeld, and the technicians at Projection Video and Audio, the folks at Sutton's Electronics, and our friends at Triton Galleries. This is Larry Sutton of the New York Daily News, your host for the Broadway Hour. Catch you next week. Hi, on this week coming up, this is Bonnie Franklin, and I just want to say I love the Broadway Hour and Larry Sutton, of course. 